Well, good afternoon. This is Pete Rizzo and from Checkbook IRA and Retirement Guardians. Today I have with me a best-selling author and financial advisor, Chris Quintana. Chris, how you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. I know we've chatted before and it's always enlightening when we're talking and you have a lot of good things to say and there's a lot of things going on and you know, on your end of the financial world right now. So I guess I'm going to get right off, right off the jump right off. And, you know, everybody keeps talking now about the inflation and worried about inflation that we've kind of sat around with no inflation, but as prices go up, you know, people are kind of running for the hills. What are you doing with your clients that are worried about that? Well, inflation definitely is something to um, be concerned about unless you're beating it, right? Yeah. If you're beating inflation. This is the, the one thing about inflation that's interesting is that the government likes us to believe that inflation is usually around 3%. But if you look around and you see what's going on, 3% is a joke. I mean, everything yeah. that you see around us, go, go to the um, grocery store and just see how much everything is going up in the grocery store. It's much more than 3%. But, oh, it's nuts. Um, it's crazy when you go in there and see some of the prices, the way they've jumped. I mean, the grocery store is a perfect place to, to see how inflation is going up. Um, so one of the ways that my clients are, the way we're being able to beat inflation is through um, private lending private investments and um we have we have quite a few opportunities or options that are available to our clients that's really yes. that's really what it is by i mean if our money honestly it needs to make at least 10 percent a year to just be even that's not make any right. money that's just it needs to earn that to either to keep up with inflation and I mean, we get paid nothing in the banks, right? Oh, you almost have to pay pay them to keep your money. Right. We were talking about, right before, I know we were talking about the one, you know, large investment firm that has a fund that's a third cash and they pay you 1% of the cash, but they charge you 3% to manage your cash. When you really dig through all their fees and it's just, it's absolutely, it's insane. Yeah, it's a joke. Now, the, question system, for the way the system works is um, that's one of the reasons, I mean, I do what I do because I just want to help people, average people will be able to have opportunities that, you know, they would never hear about from a traditional advisor. Now, this is a, you know, quick question, you know, because I know I've invested some money in situations that you, you have, and I mean, they're very attractive, they're very attractive, you know, returns, but there's, you know, why would somebody go through private financing, you know, when there's so, you know, when there's so much money out there to borrow and they have to pay more money by going through a private placement? Because it's faster. Okay. And they don't lose out on opportunities because they have available cash right away. If you have to wait on the bank to give you money, I mean, it does, I mean, when, When's the last time you went and tried to get a loan? It doesn't usually happen overnight. And so what we do is we make it, um, we work with some developers in the Atlanta area, the Southeast area. Yeah. And they've been around for a long time. And it just helps them to be able to 
um, finish up projects, start new projects, being able to always, they never have to worry about not having cash to be able to um, be able to jump on an opportunity when they see it. Well, I mean, that's a great, you know, that's a great statement. That wasn't rehearsed either, but that's kind of how checkbook IRA started because their founder, he wanted, you know, he wanted to have his cash available for his investments with his IRA. And he wasn't able to do it on a timely basis when you're going through, you have to go through all the procedures and then you lose out on deals. You lose out on transactions. So it's, uh, it's something, I think that's a, that's a great point. And, but it's just as secure as if you were going into, you know, say buying Dodge coin or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that's a little volatile, but yeah, um, just, a, just a little bit. It, you know, it's, I like to, I like to work with um, contractual type gains versus the stock market or different places. I mean, I have money in the stock market. My clients have money in the stock market, but I prefer to have the majority in, of my money in contractual type wealth building products because you know- Explain exactly what contractual what means. Yeah, explain what you mean by contractual. Contractual means that you have a contract that says you are going to be paid this exact amount of money and this percentage and you know that's that's a contract in the right. stock market you put your money in there and um you don't know what i mean you you hope you make money i mean i have a lot of um a lot of stock that is making great returns right now it's doing great yeah. however you never know when it's going to turn around or something in in the news you know, um, makes your stock just take a nosedive. And, you know, it's something that I think everybody should have some private investments in their part, part of their portfolio, because it just, it makes, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get paid. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good point because the stock market, like, um, you, Elon Musk talked, you know, he put out a, he put out some something on Twitter about him selling his stock or shares of stock in Tesla. Well, guess what happens to Tesla this morning? It goes kapow. It's going down. Man, and, I was just doing good in Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, that Tesla kind of goes back and forth all the time. And with all of them that are driving around, I think it'll do just fine. The What's interesting, the gentleman who, with RBC, who is a friend of ours, said that it's not Tesla making the cars, Tesla has all the charging stations around the country. And that's where they're really gonna, that's where they're gonna cash in in the future. Yeah, I just, I just bought a Tesla. Did you? Yeah, I did. Did you buy um, the one with the cool doors on it or did you buy the three model? What model did you buy? No, you know what? I bought it, not because it's cool. I bought it Oh, come on. You kind of like driving that around. No, it's, it is fun to drive. However, I've never been one to spend a lot of money on cars because they lose their value. There's, there, it's just not, for me, it's never been like the best place to spend your money. However, right. if you have an investment or um, a lending opportunity that will pay, the interest will pay for your car. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's almost like having a free car. 
because right. I'm not actually using my money, my principal. I'm using the interest that I'll be making for my money to pay for the car. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, but it is kind of a cool car. It is. It's kind of a cool car. Now, did you, I didn't, now, oh, go ahead. No, it, 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 you know, I do like Tesla, but I know that's not what we came to talk about. I know about. it isn't, but it's just because you went, mentioned it. I it went, I off the, went off the topic with that. That's one of the things we have to keep this kind of light and entertaining. It is, it's, uh, I'm waiting for them to make a Tesla, though, that sounds like a V8. Then they'll have yeah. something. You like the way you, you like that gas guzzling sound, huh? Right, exactly. Exactly. That's, what, when I, what, that's another, what one of my buddies told me the other day. He's like, man, he goes, I just need to hear that. He's, he goes, yeah, I'm one of them that have one of them annoying vehicles driving down the road. Right. Well, that's the, in our neighbor. The, there's, there's quite a few electric cars in our neighborhood for some reason down in Arizona. And, and they aren't golf carts, even though I'm old, they aren't golf carts. <laughs> that, but these Teslas drive around and you can't hear them. And the guy will drive by in his vet. It just sounds great. So, oh. so then we go, go ahead. I was just going to say that sound to me, when I hear that sound, it's just like money, just, I, yeah. mean, I hear that, you know, gas is not, gas is not cheap and no, it's, it's going up like crazy right now. And, um, so I actually love having an electric car right now. I feel bad when I hear those cars, those real loud cars that I can just hear them. I can just hear them. <laughs> yeah, I hear the dollars being shooting out the, out the exhaust yeah. pipe. Yeah. Well, that, you know, you started Financially Sassy Women's Club. And you told me the last time we were talking that you were surprised that you're starting to get a bunch of guys that are joining and you're moving out. You're, you're, you're moving more, more in that direction where you have more men clients now than before and things like that. Is that correct? Am I correct in that assumption? You are correct. I um, started that um, in about 2013. I started it just with some women in the neighborhood. I say neighborhood, women in Atlanta that wanted uh, some assistance with their finances. They wanted to learn some of the ways that um, when I lost my job and they lost their job, they had to file bankruptcy and I was going on vacation and they didn't get it. They didn't understand. And so I just wanted to be able to teach them. It started out like as a, a giving back. You know, I wanted to, wanted to be able to show these women how they could do the same thing. Then, um, it, I mean, it got, it, it did end up getting bigger. We ended up having um, clubs in different, different states. However, what I've learned, anytime that a man, you know, I'd be sitting on an airplane and they'd ask me what I do and I'd tell them and they're like, so you're saying you don't help men? <laughs> you don't help men? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't help men. I just kind of started focusing on women because what I noticed in the financial industry is that most of the time, financial advisors talk to the men of the house. And the women didn't want anything, you know, they, a lot of them didn't even want anything to do with it. And so now with my clients, I always want to make sure that the wife gets involved because they need to, they need to understand what's going on with their finances because so many, so often I have seen um, people where their husband, women, where their husband has left, left them and they have no idea. They have no idea what he even had. And, what? you know, it's just, um, it's like they need to be involved. They need to know what's going on. Plus, if he were to pass away, 
I mean, this was the other thing is like, I would meet people, these women that knew their husbands would pass away and they knew nothing. They never paid a bill. They never. And it's like, no, we got women. We need to, you, a man is not your financial plan. You need to know this stuff. You need to understand it. And I like to make it simple because one thing I know about financial advisors and the financial industry itself is that they they have their own language and they like to use that language because it's confusing and make it sound um, tougher than it is yeah and it makes you think that you need to have somebody to be able to um help you manage your money when you you actually can manage it yourself if you um if you know the right things what's i mean it's it's a good point you know you my wife is reading your book or read it going through the second time. And she had an example where her mother, when my father-in-law passed away, her mother had never written it out a check. Had no idea, had no idea about, she knew that they made money and that they had enough to live on, but didn't have an idea of writing out checks or taxes or anything. And it was a very, that was probably the scariest thing for her. And so, well, I mean, it is, it is scary. And the, the other thing is um, I got into estate planning because I wanted people to protect what they have. Because one thing I found is that people would make a lot of money and they'd come to me and I'd help them make even more money, but they had no protection. There was nothing around them. They had no wall. I call it a wall, build a wall around, around your castle, because um, if you don't, you, one accident could take it all away. Right. You could be in a car accident and kill somebody, a breadwinner of a home, and be sued. And if your car insurance doesn't cover what they're going to sue you for, they're going to come after your home. They're going to come after your your uh, people want to pay off their homes. Here I could go. I can get off on go off on a tangent, but it's like if you have a paid off home with no estate plan, um, and you get in a car accident. They will have your home. They will own your home. Well, it's uh, and what's surprising, surprising, the right type of insurances are very are cheaper than people realize there are, too. And the right type of estate and how to bury it, guard it. You're you're absolutely right. That's uh, that's another art form besides making the money is keeping the money. Right. Exactly. And and that that's one of you know that's another thing that I like to focus on with my clients is just. You know, I can show you how to make it. I can show you how to make your money work for you. But I want you to keep it also. I don't want you to lose it. And and there's a lot of people out there, a lot of, um, there's taxes, litigation, you know, um, accidents, a lot uh, of stuff that can take your wealth away from you. What? Now, you probably you know, run the clients that are either savvy investors or people just trying to learn more about it. And- what do you see, what's the biggest mistake you see people making that a financial mistake when they come to you? Well, okay. Any one thing or is there a group of things or? Well, a simple, one simple, simple thing Yeah. is that there's a lot of people that have a lot of money sitting in the bank in cash. And guess who it's, it's making the bank a lot of money. I had a client yeah. the other day. He's like, I have like half a million dollars sitting in the bank and, um, in banks, different banks, yeah. and I make twenty four dollars. 
yeah. like, if that, if that, and he's like, right. and you, and you, um, he wants, he wants to be able to make his money work for him because the thing people don't realize, I mean, I think they know it, but it's just not even a thought about how much the bank is making off of your money and how much you're making off your money. Oh yeah. I, I don't think people realize that every dollar you have into it, they can loan $85 out. So it's, uh, yeah, they can leverage your money dramatically to make 10, 12, whatever percent they, their APR they make on it. Right. So my thing is I like to show you how to, how to make money like the banks. And one yeah. of the biggest, biggest ways that the bank makes money is lending money. And that's why private lending, um, especially when you have a good um, connection or a good um, borrower that has a good reputation and pays, um, that is dynamite. You know, I mean, that it, I mean, people that have to work 40 years to retire can yeah. retire within three to seven years. You know, I mean, it just, it just um, collapses the amount of time that it takes you to reach financial freedom. Yeah. Well, and, now, and oh, go ahead. I was just going to say financial freedom is different to everybody, but to me, financial freedom means that um, if you have enough passive income coming in that covers all your living expenses, then you can have financial freedom. Right. You don't and, have to worry about what happens out there tomorrow. Yeah, you don't have to worry. I mean, if you lose your job tomorrow, you have money that's coming in that can take care of you. Now, do you see do you see a big difference in the investing philosophies between men and women? Yeah, you asked me this this earlier, and yeah, you know, um, I know a lot of people would like to think that women um, women aren't as good at investing as men. And um, the truth is, you know, I've met a lot of women. It really depends on the person, but um, I know a lot of women out there that are great savvy investors that are. Um, they're more willing to take a little bit of risk than even their husbands. And they're what? doing, they're doing great. I mean, I have a, I have a couple clients that their husband is afraid to do anything and, and they're willing, they're they're and they're making money. Do you think you know, that? The girl, I could, yeah. The wife, the wife is making money. The man <laughs> is just like, I'm not putting my money there. I'm not putting my money there. But he's watching his wife get these pay, these um, these interest checks. Like she's getting big interest checks. Yeah. And he's just like, she's like, I tried to give you an opportunity to put your measly amount of money in with mine and make some. And he's <laughs> like, he's still afraid of it, but it's all right. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's just risk tolerance. Everybody has their own risk tolerance. Well, and that's, and that's one of the things if you, Look at what, what should somebody look for too in a financial planner? I mean, because they've, I realize that you don't have the ability to deal with everybody. I mean, you know, even though you'd like to, but the, when somebody's out there looking at planners, there's, there are good ones and there's mediocre ones and sideways. What are some of the traits a good planner would do? Or how can you, is there a way to spot it? A good planner, financial planner or financial assistant well, for that way? Well, I think that a good um, financial planner is going to, you know, make sure that you are not sold something that you don't need 
and and the problem is that a lot of people don't know what they need exactly and so they're at the mercy of their planner but one thing is diversification when you go to a traditional advisor they have to sell you stocks bonds mutual funds i mean they have a license that's what they have to sell they cannot tell you about private investments they cannot tell you about any there's certain things that they're never allowed to tell you about and um that was one thing um for me before is that you know it's like trying to help somebody with your arms tied behind your back you know you you're not allowed to you're not allowed to tell them if they're about to lose their money you're i mean it's called insider trading you're gonna go yeah. to jail and so for me it's like I rather deal with safer strategies where, and that's where contractual, contractual growth happens. Now mm -hmm. I have my money in the stock market, but I don't put my clients money in the stock market. I have advisors that if they want to put money in the stock market that they can deal with. But as far as private investments and higher returns, the other thing that they teach you, um, you know, the higher the risk, the more money you make, right? That's how it is in the stock market. Yeah. The more riskier it is, the more chance you can make money. Well, in the private investing, private lending world, it's not like that. It's it's um, if you have a good person to lend to or a good company to lend to, then um, your returns are amazing. We have a lot of um, great great um, returns for our clients. Well, and, and look at you know, too. Now, how do you vet? How do you vet the investments, you know, for your clients? Uh, you know, I know I try to, do, you know, vet every time I make investment. I, when I go off the, you know, off the charts into something that's, say, a private offering to vet it and, you know, to look and see as far as they can. How do you, you know, because I'm sure you get a lot of people coming to your company and coming to you that says, gosh, sure, invest your clients in my stuff. Right, um, right, right. And you know how do you how do you just how do you decide what are the good ones and what are the ones that say take a pass on? Well, the thing is, our our company we actually we don't deal with brand new companies. We don't deal with brand new. Um, we deal with companies that have been around. Like for instance, the the developer that we deal with in Atlanta has been around for over sixty years. It's a family business. They've, so they've seen the ups and the downs. Yeah, they, yep, exactly. And, um, and the owner of um, one of the companies that I do the private lending through, because I don't actually um, personally do the lending myself, the company, I, but I find the, um, I find companies to work with, to partner with that are, that have nice opportunities for my clients, money that I put my own money. I don't do anything. I don't offer anything that I don't personally use myself and so if if for some reason something were to go bad we all lose money not just my clients like i don't keep my money and they lose theirs that's i don't i don't i don't feel right about it however um this particular company we've been dealing with them for over seven years and they've never not once paid you know their loan yeah. Usually the loans are only like 30, 45 days. They don't even, I mean, they don't really need them for a long time. It's just like they need the immediate cash, you know, to be able to make that cash offer. And 
Yeah, that's you made the point earlier. Sometimes, I mean, that you say 30, 45 days, you know, usually to a bank, you can't get an appointment for 30 or 45 days <laughs> to get into. Right, especially when you're asking for millions of dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. That Now, let me ask a quick question. You know, this is something that you know, you're probably too young to have seen The Graduate and the movie The Graduate, but they came up and they said there's one piece of advice. You know, one of the uncles came up to, you know, I think the guy his name was Benjamin says, let me give you one piece of advice, plastics. And he whispered in his ear, invest in plastics. Do you have any, what's the one piece of advice you can give people other than, I know you're going to say contractual you know, returns. So I'm going to take that one off the table for you. Okay. Um, is there any advice that you would give them? The one, the pearl that when they get done listening to this today, they go, wow, here's the pearl that I got from Chris. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, I, um, I just threw you a knuckleball because I didn't, I didn't say this one was coming. <laughs> no. So um, I really would just say, don't go with the flow as far as what everybody else is doing. Because the traditional way of doing things was designed for the financial industry and it was designed and, and it was designed for the government and if if it's what they're offering for you example 401k okay if you don't know anything else to do the 401k will work but the 401k was really designed not for the average person it was de designed for high earning individuals not to have to pay taxes to to lower their taxable income it wasn't designed to be a retirement plan and you know it's like pay your taxes now because guess what taxes are going up and if you're going to pay your taxes later they're going to convince you that you're you're going to be in a lower tax bracket taxes are going up if you've ever noticed or seen the debt bill that the united states has the only way to even touch the, the interest part of that debt is to raise taxes and find a different way. Don't go the traditional route. Now that's good. That is great. That's, now that was a pearl. That was, you know, and that's, again, it's something that, you know, it's the one thing that, you know, we've been dealing, we've been dealing with your clients and you now for nine, 10 months, I think it is, has been. And I don't think I, one thing, that you're not traditional, which is really, yeah, and has been a breath of fresh air for us to, to deal with. And it gets very exciting, the people you bring in and some of the ideas you bring to the table. So I, I really wanna thank you for taking the time this afternoon. I know we've done this before and we'll continue to do it because I like to hear some new, your new ideas for you and come up with new questions for you. So thank All you, right. thank you very thank much. You. Thanks for having me, I love it. Okay.